welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Let me have a look at you. The half has not been told. I'm telling you right now, I was coming to say that in the this time next year, this is what I was ready to say, but the, I got corrected as soon as I stood up. This time next year, you'll be talking about where are we going to put all the people? You're going to have such explosive growth. You better look around because it's not going to stay the same. They're coming from the north, the south, the east, the west, from every direction. Many are coming to Florida to get away from government but they're going to get involved in the real government, the king's government. Glory to God. Glory to God. Tell that person next to you that Brother John thinks they look, and now give it a little Texas now. They look real nice. Real nice. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Pastors, what a job you've done. I remember when we first walked into this auditorium, we're, we're spread out, don't sit right next to each other, spread out. The chairs are bolted down so we can't spread them out, but kind of spread out a little bit. But this place is filling up and it is, it is, not, you haven't, let me see, use some good, I want my English to be right. You ain't seen nothing yet. I am blessed. I cannot tell you how blessed I am over the 25, 26 years that I've been a part of this work and uh, see this now taking place. I remember years ago when I would drive pastor, I'd say, pastor, go by the building. I don't want to go by the building. To go by the building, pastor, that's your building. Brother John, we, they don't want charismatics in there. They've said not to come back. I said, drive me back by the building. I, I don't want to go by the building anymore. Go by, that's your building, that's your building. That fountain out there, that'll be spewing one day. It'll be your, you'll be paying the bill for that water going up and down like that. It's yours. It's yours. Well, I thank God for the, the heritage of this house. It's not just, a, thank God when a young couple comes and sets a place on fire, but it's generational here. It's generational. And the greatest stuff is still ahead. And greatest thing. As I walked in, I said to pastor, I said, pastor, there's a, uh, there's just such a growth getting ready to take place. You're going to be looking for uh, different, you're going to have to look for expanding the place somewhere or the other. And even as I walked up, I said, Jay, look, that, there's a whole other wing out there. All you have to do is put a curtain wall in and you got about 20% more to the building. But there's going to be growth, growth, growth. I'm speaking to you. And this is a place where prophecies take place. I've not said this anywhere else because it, it started here. Remember last year when we were here and the prophecies were being made? And Bishop walked right straight across to me and he started prophesying the great things are going to happen, financial things, financial things, financial things. And not, not a month and a half later, not two months later, I'm in Africa and a man gives me cash, $1 million in my pocket. It's not, it didn't show up lonely. There's other millions that were in there, but, oh, you're so quiet about that. Come on, man, a million dollars. 
Hey, here, here's something you got to pick up on. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it before, he'll do it again. Woo. Oh, we kind of choked on that, a million dollars. Well, let me tell you, the other day, James Payne called me and said, get ready, there's another million dollars coming. And, and why shouldn't that be? I have sown millions and millions of dollars all over the world. And if you sow, you reap. And it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you did it for me, he'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. Don't be like that old 40s, 50s song. It should have been me in that Cadillac. <laughs> it can be you. And you're in the right place. Because you're not being stifled here about the prosperity of God. Many churches choke it down to where there's something wrong with prosperity and abundance. Not so. Our Lord Jesus Christ walked wealthy. The, the apostles walked wealthy. Down through the ages, those that have taught the word have walked wealthy. It is also going to happen to you. It, because see what happens. The people you hang around with, you'll either go bad with them or you'll go good with them. It's going to what's going on in the spirit. Well, let me say to you, I've come with, to you with a message. What a mess a preacher is on Sunday morning without a message. And I've got a message. I want to talk to you about igniting the moment. And by the way, I'm still a little disappointed you weren't excited about my million dollars. Thank you. Okay, you're, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, okay. You know, the Bible says that every person has the measure of faith. Now, most translations say a measure of faith, but I believe it starts with the measure of faith. Every person gets an injection of that faith. Romans 12, 3 tells us, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has, held, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, some have that measure of faith, and they'll increase it. They'll grow exponentially every time you meet them. That, uh, that faith will be stronger inside of them. Some let their faith grow weak by not exercising it. But everyone born, again, every born-again person in this earth has that measure of faith, but there's something that has to be there for that thing to be a benefit to you. It has to be ignited. It has to be ignited. Now, no one that I know of had, had more faith than David did. When David showed up at the battle where Goliath was, was to be fought, everybody's thinking, oh, this is big, David's big day. No, David had two big days behind him. There was a bear showed up one time, and he broke the bear. He took literally with his hands and broke his jaws open. And then there was a lion that came. And, you know, lions are not, not playthings, but he slew a lion. So he didn't come into the camp a man without faith. But he came into a man, into a, into a camp where his faith was not been ignited. Just like when you've come in here until something ignites your faith, it'll just lay there dormant. It's in you, but it doesn't go to work until something ignites it. And I want to talk to you about those things that ignite faith. One of them that ignites faith is reward. Because you take over there in 1 Samuel 17, 22 through 35, 25, and David, uh, and David left the carriage in the hands of the keepers of the carriage and ran and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the, of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. 
And David heard, and all the men of Israel, David included, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Here is a lion slayer running. This guy running here in this crowd, they don't all look like it, but one of, there's one guy in there that's a bear slayer. He slayed a lion, he slayed a bear, and something fearful jumped up, and he's afraid, and he has run. David ran with the rest of them, but watch, please. And the men, uh, that 24th verse, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. And the man of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel has he come up. Now watch, the miracle is about to begin because an igniting force is about to be let loose. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. He will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Child of God, are you catching what's happening now? Reward is being entered. And when reward enters, faith has an ability to rise up. And you say, oh, Brother John, I don't believe that. Well, let me tell you, Goliath probably didn't believe it either, but he believes it now wherever he's at. Because here's exactly what happens. There was stimulus. The king had said there's going to be a reward who destroys this big giant. And the next thing you read in 1 Samuel 17, 26, and David spake to the men who stood by him uh, saying, uh, what shall be done to the man that kills this, this, this giant? Think with me. He says, wait a minute. Let's have another look at that guy. Wait a minute. There's a reward? What? what? Which prince is the ugly one, the pretty one? The pretty one, yeah. <laughs> who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to defy the armies of the living God? Child of God, when you're challenged, lift up your eyes, look around a little because there could very possibly be a reward waiting right there that'll change everything in your future because little did David realize, but that morning that he woke up, it was the greatest day of his life. The greatest day of his life because he met a kingmaker. There is a kingmaker in this guy, Goliath. He made David king. David would have spent the rest of his life in his daddy's backyard taking care of sheep if it hadn't been for Goliath. And child of God, the next time a Goliath rises up in front of you, don't look at it as a problem. Look at it as an opportunity. This is your day for an opportunity. Uh, the giant has risen up and now, wait a minute, I can have this. I can be, I can be king. I can rule. I can have the things. I can move into the next dimension that God has for me. Always keep that in mind. That reward motivation is a powerful thing. Now, I've just spoken to you about reward motivation, but you're sitting here saved today because of reward motivation. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but when you come down to it, you'll find that in uh, Matthews 26 through 36 NIV, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said unto them, sit ye here, while I go over there and pray. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep, uh, keep with me and, 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 and watch with me. Uh, going a little farther, he fell on his face. Now listen to where the Lord is at. It's about you getting saved. I mean, this is probably the most critical moment in all of history because Jesus was about to ask for a way out of this, not to have to do it. Watch what I'm reading to you. It says, going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, 
but your will be done. Now that used to be the cry of the group that I went with, that I, that I came up with before I ever learned about the Holy Ghost and the power of the personal Holy Ghost in you, motivating you, empowering you, because, because whenever, whenever, uh, whenever you'd come down to some problem, you'd say, well, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Everybody say, how wonderful. What, a, what deep faith that man has. No, 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 no. Listen, Jesus had a job to do on the cross, and what he does is he uses reward motivation to overcome the anxiousness of that moment. In Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus went on to the throne by getting his eyes off of the price and moving his eyes to the prize. And when he saw you sitting where you are today, as he looked through the corridor of time and saw you, he said, yes, I can die on that cross. Yes, I can bear the sins of this world because when it's done, the prize is mine. The church belongs to me. I have a bride for eternity throughout eternity. Are you grasping what I'm saying to you? Even our Lord Jesus Christ, his faith exploded with the reward that lay out there. And it blesses my heart to think that as he was in his most critical moment, that he looks down the pike at a lost guy down on the Gulf Coast of Texas, probably somewhere in a honky-tonk, and he sees and says, I'll die for that right there. I'll die for that right there. And he did the same thing with you. I'll die for that right there. I'll die for that one right there. Yes, sir. And he went on to the cross despising the shame, and the thing came to pass through reward, motivation. And there's a lot of theologians. Hair goes up on their back when I say that. But that's what I read it to be. You know, your inner voice has the ability to stir up your faith. Your inner voice. First Peter 3 and 4 tells us about your inner voice. It's, it's in another context, but I just take part of it. Let it be the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible. Are you, th you hearing with me? There's someone inside of you. And when that person speaks, if he speaks the right words, you can ignite that measure of faith that's inside of you. You can ignite it to move out and charge hell with a water pistol if you can just get yourself in line with moving into the mode that's next. Now watch with me, please, because what takes place now is a woman with an uh, issue of blood. You know the story. In Matthew 9, 20 through 22, and behold, a woman which was, dis which, which, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind, behind him and touched the hem of his garment she said, for, for she said within herself, listen, it wasn't that a preacher preached a message for her. It wasn't that some relative came and pumped them up, but something came out of the inside of her, that same thing that's inside of you, that if you'll just have it get up and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If you can just get on your mind, if I do this, God will do that. And with that, words popped up inside of you. And it doesn't have to. You can be totally alone in the middle of the night and you can have that word pop up and when that terror that comes by night comes into your room, you can dispatch it from the room and go back to sleep. It's just like one time, one of the preacher told me, he said he woke up one night, he heard, he heard noise downstairs and he went down and clicked on the light and he said, the devil was sitting in my chair. And he looked at him and he said, get out of my chair. And he went back up to sleep. You better have that kind of control over what's happening in the night because the devil will come and he'll drive you crazy with the terror by night. You got to have an answer that you can put him to flight. 
Well, you know the story. Uh, she goes ahead and uh, uh, says, but if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she turned to him. And when he saw her, anyway, you know the story. She made the, she made the move. She touched the hem of that garment. No preacher brought it to it. No campaign took place. No choir was singing. She was standing there unclean, not able to even be in the crowd. And something said, touch the hem of that garment. Touch the hem of that garment and you'll never be the same. And that rose up within her to the point that all of the laws of the Jews that said she cannot enter the circle of the public, all those that said they'll stone you if you do it, she said, oh, no, no, I'll get to it before they stone me. I'm going to touch the hem of that garment. You understand what I'm saying to you? You don't need me to get you stirred up. You get yourself stirred up. Whew, I hope you're catching that. Well, think a little bit further with me. Uh, here's here's, here's one, one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Uh, John 4, 35. Say not ye. See, I like that. The Bible says, don't say that. I like it. Don't say that. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. What is this saying to us? Think about this. It says that, uh, let me get my thought again. Okay, do, do, don't say that. Number one, there's things we shouldn't say. You, you say, well, there's only, it's only four, it's four months till harvest. You know what you said? I can only have three harvests this year. You follow what that? I mean, it's, it, that's the natural. Everybody in the natural has three harvests a year. But if you want to be in the supernatural, you've got to be able to say, wait a minute, it's not going to be in four months. I'm lifting up my eyes for I now can see. And what I see I can have. I see something different. I see the fields white under harvest. I hope you're grasping what I'm trying to say to you. It's, it, everybody can have a harvest three times a year. I mean, a... a, a a blind squirrel will find an acorn every day. <laughs> but you don't see no fat blind squirrels. You just don't see it because they don't get to gather up a bunch of acorns. But child of God, let that get down inside of you. This thing is there. And say, man, I mean, you can say different things. God says, look, and, and boy, let me bring this up. When he says lift up your eyes, he doesn't say start walking around looking at the ceiling. He says, shift your eyes into miracle mode. Shift your eyes into miracle mode. Don't look at that line coming over there at you. Shift your eyes. And remember, you come from a line of people that slays lions. You come from a line of people that slaughters giants. Oh, get it in your mind. Lift up your eyes. Look into miracle mode. And then get your miracle mouth going. Quit saying it's yet this you know, just three times this year is all that's going to happen. No, sir, I'm going to have harvest every month. No, no, why not? No, wait a minute. I could have it every week. You can have harvest every day. Get up with a, something like I woke up with this morning. You're saying, well, you, you, Pastor, Sister Pat's dead and you're waking up with what? Well, tell us what you're waking up with. I always say something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Say that. See how good it sounds. Something good is about to happen. Oh, Benny Hinn gets up every morning. He says, good morning, Holy Ghost. 
Man, how do you have a bad day when you start like that? But uh, speak up. Have something that you're saying. Have something that sets the mood of the day. Not what you hear on the news. Not the fact that, you know, well, so many got shot in this place and so many got shot in this other place. Well, that's awful, but something good is going to happen to me and it's going to happen to me today. If you can start saying that about yourself, it'll change your whole life just that by itself. A lost person can change their life if they'll just talk a little bit different. Are, are, are you learning anything at all? Don't say that. Have that miracle mouth ready to go and have that miracle uh, vision ready to go where you can lift up your eyes and not see the problem, but see yourself saved from the problem. Not see yourself in debt, see yourself out of debt. Not see yourself in some fugitive from the wrecking yard for an automobile. See yourself with a nice automobile. Lift up your eyes, get them in miracle mode. Now keep one eye on the road. Don't run around looking... Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? Well, think about this now. Mark 11:22. You want something that'll set your fields on fire? Here you go, right here. Something good is about to happen. And Jesus answering said unto them, "Have faith in God." He said, "Have the God kind of faith." For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, "Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea," and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, miracle mouth, shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith, miracle mouth. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire. Oh, oh, I like the word desire. What do you want, John? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Rephrase that. What would I desire? There's something noble about something you desire. And something in every one of your hearts is something you desire. There's something you may have spoken in past times and you don't even speak it anymore. But I say it's Resurrection Sunday. Pick it up and bring it to life again and begin to talk about something good that's coming your way. It's whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Open your mouth in miracle mode. Open your eyes in miracle mode. Whew. Abraham had this thing, Genesis uh, Genesis 13, 14 through 17. And the Lord said unto Abraham after that lot was separated from him. Let me tell you what. Don't look for a lot of miracles if you keep hanging on to lot. You know, that's one of the things that was the hardest for me when I got saved. I had to start putting some things away. People say, are you too proud for us? No, I'm not too proud for you, but I'm too smart to go on with what we were doing. Are you picking up what I'm saying? I mean, you can't, you can't run with the buzzards and fly with the eagles. You cannot do it. There's some people that have got to get out of your life. There's some people got to move out of your life. And, 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 and he says, after, he's, he's going along, God says, now don't take anybody with you when you go. And he gets out the next day, packs up, and he says, hop on board, Lot. Nephew, son, hey, wake up, sir. No, carries him off everything. And let me tell you what kind of happens when that disobedience takes place. It cost him half of his inheritance. It cost him half of the whole promise of God because one day Lot got up and said, it's too busy here. I can't work with you guys anymore. It's too crowded. Our, our herdsmen are having a problem. And Abraham says, well, pick a place. And he takes the best half of the Holy Land and leaves Abraham with the scrub. You better watch out with the lots that try to attach yourself to your life. You can't, you better not carry them with you. And I'm not being ugly. We need to be friendly. We need to help people. But you can't help some people if they latch on to you like a parasite of some kind. You have to be free 
if you're going to fly the places that God wants to take you. Wow. And the Lord said unto Abraham after that Lot was separated from him, now it comes, lift up your eyes, shift your eyes into miracle mode and look from this place. Look, just open your eyes and look. Here's what's getting ready to happen. I don't know how it looks outside the building right now, but if you can just lift up your eyes, it will not look the same. If you can get to your house today and lift up your eyes and go into the miracle mode, Look at your family. Don't look at some of the disappointments that you have, but lift up your eyes and begin to see them the way God sees them. Begin to see your wife. Let me tell you, you want the honey back in the honeymoon? Lift up your eyes and see your wife the way God showed her to you the first time you saw her. Wow. Man, some of you remember that? I love Sister Pat. My wife, she's gone now two years and two months. Her book, 66 and a half years we were together. And uh, her book was called How to Keep the Honey in the Honeymoon. And she kept the honey in the honeymoon. And I'm still having honey out of that honeymoon. It's still going on now. He said, lift up your eyes. Get in the miracle eye mode. Look now from this place. We're going to see east, west, north, south, and even the dust that you see. Don't see it as dust. See it as the descendants that are coming. And at night, if you terror, and please know this, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you better prepare for the terror that comes by night. The psalm says there's a terror that comes by night. Have you some victory? Have you a scalp? Somewhere that you took a scalp for God and have it there at night in that, dry, in that nightstand. I remember for a long time, I had a car that they were going to repossess. That used to be a regular thing in my life at one point. Cars getting repossessed. And this one I decided after I saved it, not repossessing this one. And it came right down to the last. And God gave me a break. And I had that night I was laying brick out with lights on the wall. <laughs> it's hard to lay brick by, by headlights from the car. But I finished that job and I had the money to pay that car off and not get it repossessed. I took that pink slip and I kept that pink slip in my nightstand. And at night when the terror would come by night, the devil would start tormenting me and terrorizing me. I'd go, I'd open that up and I'd say, look at here, devil. Look at this here, devil. You remember this? You remember this? You better have scalps. You better keep some scalps after these wars. You know, when Abraham's faith began to, 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 to falter and to ravel, what did he do? He said, uh, lift up your eyes, son, and look at the stars. And then during the day, he said, Lord, this thing is getting bad. I don't know what's going to happen. The sun looked down. All that dust you're kicking up, that's going to be your ancestors. You're not going to die out here in this field. You're going to have a big family. Lift up your eyes in the miracle mode, child of God. Are you catching it? <laughs> Something good is about to happen to you. I hope you can catch that and see it. This, you can't get out of here without something good going to happen to you. If you just make up your mind, it's going to happen. It can't be stopped. What are you waiting for something bad to happen? Speak something good is getting ready to happen. Are you catching what I'm saying? Well, look at how important this is. Israel has now been in the wilderness 40 years. And now they're coming out and they're going to fight their first battle. It's time to take Jericho. Well, we're going to march around it so many times. Well, okay, that'll soften them up. But what are we going to do? What's going to be the final blow? Okay, in Gather in, boys, for the strategy. We're going in after, we're going after Jericho. Here's how we do it. 
Now Jericho was, uh, Joshua 6 and 1 and 2. Now Jericho was straightway shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, come in now close. I'm going to give you the secret. See, I have given unto you <laughs> thine hands Jericho and the king thereof. He said, look, before a shot is fired, before one, one soldier marches, before you take a step, I want you to see Jericho destroyed. I want you to see Jericho in your hand. I don't want you to march over there to find out what's going to happen. I want you to go over there as a witness to what you know is going to happen. See, I've given you. See, I've given you Jericho. And then Ai, of course, now they're seasoned battlers. It's time to go to the next battle, Joshua 8 and 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Now here we got some strategy. Take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up to Ai. See, see. You can't get away from that. If you're going to do it God's way, you got to see it first. You got to see it first. If you don't see it first, you could walk right by it and not even know you went by it. You better know where God's sending you. And you need to lift up those eyes. You need to take and continuously be looking at what's going to be best for you and seeing yourself victorious, seeing the victory in your hands, seeing your child successful. You know, my mercy, I tell you right now, out of raising my kids, if I never saw a band that I would not have bet on any of them, I'm telling you, trying to be a pastor in the old method of pastoring where your kids were kind of kept to one side and the deacon board would jump all over you if your kids did anything. And now I'm looking at them and they're mighty, mighty men and women. They're winning souls to the Lord. They're not doing it exactly the way that I want them to do it, but that's probably what makes them great is they're not clones. They are men and women that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and they're seeing things ahead of them and they're getting things done for the Lord. Are you catching what I'm trying to say to you? And, and look at my grandson right here by me. Today, he comes to me with revelation. He brings me revelation. I'm telling you, what's happened here? Well, we saw him one day. One day I was with you in the car and God said, take him with you. I totally drug you all over the world. And all of a sudden, something ignited. Boom. He went and lived in the swimming pool house, a dressing room of a swimming pool. He lived there, what, two years? Two years he lived in the dressing room of a swimming pool behind the preacher's house. But you know he's not living like that now. You know what's happening? He lifted up his eyes. And sometimes you just got to help somebody else to lift their eyes up. Talk to them about a better life that's ahead of them. Let them see that there's something out there more than what the world offers because the world is on scant rations right now. I don't know how they stand each other out there. But lift up your eyes. Lift up your mouth. Get the miracle vision and get the miracle mouth. Are you learning anything at all? Woo! You know, and when it talks about changing things, here's the interesting, here is an interesting thing. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. This whole thing out here is shaky. It's coming apart. You can look at it the way you want it to be. It'll reconstruct the way you want it if you can do it by faith and if you can speak it and if you can see it. Child of God, you will have it. You will have it. And this, this church here is full of people that have come from nothing 
and now have abundance, now have exceeding abundance, now have the good life. How do they have it? Was it that they just kept looking at how bad things were? No, they got around positive preaching and teaching with this pulpit. From the day it started, this pulpit has been talking about a better life, about coming into a better way, coming into abundance, coming into financial prosperity. And you here you are today, many of you, nobody would have taken a bet on you, but look at you. What happened? You lifted up your eyes and you opened up your mouth and you're not sitting in the back of the world anymore, but you're on the front row of what God is doing. Oh, child of God, catch what I'm trying to say to you. And then let me, let me, let me deal with something else now that's interesting here. I want to go to Jacob. Jacob and Esau are about to split the sheets. They're about to head in different directions. Jacob's sons is, are accusing Jacob now of cheating their father out of everything. And we'll just take a little of the scenario as we go. Genesis 31.1, good news translation. Jacob heard Laban's sons were say, what J Laban's sons were saying. Jacob has taken everything that belongs to our father. He got all his wealth from what our father owed. Now, let's, let's hear Jacob's side of the story. Genesis 31, 5 through 7, and he said unto them, I see your father's countenance that it's not towards me as it was before. So dad's just not looking at me with those kind looks anymore. Something's going wrong. But God, my father, hath been with me. And you know, with all my power, I have served your father. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God suffered him not to hurt me. Then we hear the, then we hear the, 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 the bargaining that took place in the last hour, last years of Jacob and Laban's operation, when they're now in the last days of them being together, Genesis 31, 8 and 9, if he said thus, if it, he's saying, now if your dad said for me this, he said the speckled sheep are going to be your wages, then all the cattle were born were speckled. He says, then he said, the ring strike, the ring strike shall be in thy hire. Then they all bear ring streak. God hath taken away the cattle from your father and given them to me. How did, God, how did all this turn out? How did all that take place? Think with me a minute. English Standard Version. English Standard Version I want to look at. Genesis 30, 36. It says, now when the time comes that these cattle are going to be born, Jacob, and he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob's pasture and the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plain trees, peeled white streaks with them, exposing the white of the sticks. He set the sticks that he had peeled in front of the flock uh, that, uh, that in, uh, in the trough, uh, that the watering place, then he, the flock, excuse me, when, when the flocks came to drink, and since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the sticks, so that the flock brought forth striped and speckled spotted. Boy, you know, I have never had any peace with that. That sounds like a fairy tale. We're going to put freckles out in front of the, freckled stuff in front of the flocks, and they'll have freckled fe colored sheep. <laughs> and then I'm telling you, if you go to Keel, Keel's uh, 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 Bible dictionary and, 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 and uh, uh, commentaries, they joined right in and said it's a known fact that when lambs breed around something, the flock will come up looking like it. I thought, son, you need to go back to school. What kind of a deal is that? But what really happened here? What really, really happened here? 
Genesis 31, 10, 12. And it came to pass, now watch this, you're going to get your code word here, you're going to get your code word, get ready. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up my eyes. Uh-oh. He said, That's not what the, it's not what the sheep are going to see, it's what I'm going to see. And I saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were, stre- were ring-streaked, speckled, and gristled. He said, man, I mean, there could have been any kind of cattle born because the fathers were there with all kind of different colors. But he says, and the angel of the Lord spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, here am I. And he said, lift now up your eyes. Are you seeing that? He said, Jacob, lift up your eyes. And it's time for the cattle to be born. Don't see the natural. But you see them speckled this time if it's your turn to get the speckled. You see them ring shanked this time if it's your turn to get the ring shaft. Child of God, these things are not in the hands of this world. They're in your hands. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can say it, you can have it. Oh, catch this. This very building you're in right here is from people that stood one day long ago. Man, long before I ever knew him, long before you were born. And said, we can build a church in Margate. And here we are with one of the great churches of America. And it was not because they ran out of something to do in the last town they were in. But God brought this family here and this church is here today. And not only is the church here, but there's a lineage now. There's not neophytes at the pulpit. There are those that have been line upon line. They grew up on this stuff. They've been around it. It's been miracle after miracle, and it's always been lift up your eyes. Now, here's my help for you. Don't look at it like you're looking at it any longer. Don't look at that boss of yours the way you've been looking at him. Look at it totally different. See yourself as the boss. See yourself with a company. See yourself with something new instead of some old worn out that belonged to somebody else. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? Lift up your eyes. See, God has miracles for you. You learn anything? We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, abundantlife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.